This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Brought to you by Dext. Welcome to the Best Practice in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown. I've got guest host Will Farnell with me. Good day, Will. Uh, Good morning, Rob. Nice to see you again. Will, we're going to talk about client demand versus client need today. Just before we do that quick announcement, you, if you're a regular listener, will know that this show goes out as a network of five podcasts to the accounting and fintech world. And we bring out these shows daily, but we're just dialing that back a little bit so we can focus on the quality of our Monday show. This is our flagship podcast. It's currently called Success in Accounting with 30,000 listeners in 150 countries. It will become the Accounting Influencers podcast as it was actually back a few years ago. We've been going for about five years now. And so make sure you subscribe to that if you're not already, because that's where shows like this will be moving and this kind of content and guests like Will Farnell will be appearing on that show. So make sure you subscribe to that on the podcast app channel platform of your choice. Will, you run a firm, you're an influencer, you wrote the digital firm, you've got your hands on the client experience. I know you're very big on driving what that looks like in accounting firms. So talk to us a little bit about this topic today, just tee it up for us. Thanks, Bob. So uh, yeah, I wrote Digital Firm in 2018. And I'm currently working on my second book, um, which we hope to uh, to release uh, in the spring uh, this year. Uh, I'm uh, delighted to be working with uh, with Sage uh, in in bringing this this new book to uh, uh, to the accounting uh, and bookkeeping space. And the title of the book is is the Human Firm. And and I've talked a lot over the last five years about the evolution of of accounting firms, tracking largely the journey that that we went on as a firm. Um, from being uh, uh, fairly derogatorily, if that's, if that's such a word, uh, badged as an online firm. When we first started our firm in 2007, we we were one of the first firms globally to, to kind of move everybody onto online accounting software as it was then. And the people around us saw it as, as a negative thing that all we were really interested in was driving down price, doing stuff online. We didn't want to talk to clients when actually the, the polar opposite was true. I did it because I wanted access to my client's data 24-7 because if we have access to the data, we can make an impact with it. Um, so I looked at evolution and we went through this cycle of kind of being an online firm. We then started talking about cloud accounting firms. I then badged it as the digital firm to cover the period that that we were in kind of, I don't know, 2017 to 2021, 22. And for the last five years, I've been talking about what's next. And a couple of years ago, I started to loosely talk about it as the people firm or the human firm. So I'm now writing the book, The Human Firm. And actually, I think what what we've seen in accounting is that we've kind of gone full circle. So if we go back to kind of pre-online accounting, Firms had great relationships with their clients. Um, accountants didn't used to be able to do marketing. So it's all about the relationships that you created at golf clubs, wherever it was. And accountants had great relationships with their clients. They got invited to the birthdays, the weddings, the funerals. 
and compliance came along, regulation came along, and it just meant that that relationship got lost because the focus for firms went from let's have a great relationship with our client to let's keep our clients kind of out of jail uh, and, and make sure that, that we file everything that needs to be done on time. So we lost that relationship. But I think what's happened through this evolution that I talk about is that we've come back to this concept of the human firm. So technology has enabled us to to work smarter, deal with the compliance in a more automated way that creates opportunity for us to rebuild those relationships. And we're going to get to a point where every accounting firm can look the same. The, the playing field is leveled because everybody can access the same technology. If people want to replicate the processes we have as a firm, there's enough content out there on the internet of me talking about the way we structure our firm, the way we work with our clients on a daily basis in terms of daily bookkeeping. So everyone can replicate what we do from a process and tech point of view. And the same applies to other kind of firms that have kind of nailed the technology piece. So the only way that firms can differentiate going forward is, is through the non-technology bit, which is largely people. So the way that we engage with clients, but also the way that our team engage with clients and the culture that we create within our firms to enable our teams to deliver the purpose that we have as an organization. So in, in, in doing the research for this book, we've run a few round tables and, and I ran a round table in, uh, in Manchester a couple of months ago. And I challenged the members of the round table that if we think about what clients want and what clients need. I think they're two different things. Mm -hmm. And I think accountants are really good at almost making assumptions about what we think our clients want. And I've been there, certainly in, in the early years of Farnell Clark, I would sell clients what I thought they wanted to buy, which was accounts and VAT returns and payroll and, 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 a, and a bit of software. And I didn't always have a conversation about other stuff that they might find useful. So the challenge I made to this group is, do we as accountants have an obligation to help clients understand or, or help clients know what they don't know in terms of what are the things that we think they should be buying from us? And it was really interesting because there was a, a, a mix of reactions to that. Some people said, no, I want to do advisory work. I want to do all this stuff, but I want to work with clients that know they need that. Um, I don't want to spend my time educating clients that don't want to be educated. But for me, I sit there and think, well, we've got to help these people understand why understanding what's going on in their business is important. Um, why should they know what their debtors are, what their creditors are, why they should have a clearly defined strategy about where they want to go, why they should have an exit strategy. And it takes investment in terms of time and effort from us as the accountants, but we're there to make a difference to, to our clients. So to say, I'm not going to engage with that client because I haven't got the energy or whatever to help them understand the things that they need rather than the things that that, that they want. Um, so for me, I think we have that obligation. I think we have to be helping clients understand why they need to know the things that they don't know, the way that we can support them as, as, a, as an accounting partner. And yes, there's a there's a business driver for it. And I talk to my team all the time that that actually we want to identify ways to make a difference to our clients. That should be our primary focus. In doing so, if that creates a financial revenue opportunity for us, that's a bonus. But the first point is 
how do we make a difference to our client? Let's look for ways that we can help them understand why having management accounts or why having a, a, a monthly strategy meeting is going to make a difference to them before we think about what does that mean for us in terms of revenue profitability as an accounting business. So again, it comes back to this idea about being clear on what we're trying to deliver to our to our clients and help them understand the ways that we can help them. So it's that that kind of correlation between a client has a view of what they want, we have a view of what we think clients should be getting, and we've got to drive that conversation to kind of help those clients understand why this stuff's important and how we can help them do it. There's so much in there, Will, particularly about the proactivity of driving that conversation and asking the right questions. One of the problems, as I see it, is that accountants don't have full oversight on all the services that their firm provides, particularly in the larger firms. I'll give you an example. I heard of a consultant talking to an executive board of partners and asked them the question, how many services and products are on your website that your firm provides to clients? And answers range from five to 22, and none of them were right. Mm. I think it was about 15. So if the accountant themselves doesn't know, exactly what they're offering. They can't have conversations with clients to position those products and services and cross-sell and upsell. The other aspect to that is, if the accountants themselves don't fully know, how would the client be expected to know and certainly ask for things? Mm. An example of that is the, the lady that goes to the dentist, her dental surgeon or orthodontist and says, uh, yeah, just, just the usual checkup. And the dentist has a mouth open and says, Julie, your teeth look very white. And she said, yes, I've had them whitened. And he said, oh, where did you do that? She said, oh, I, I went to this place down the road that does that. He said, well, how did you find out about it? Well, I saw this ad in the local magazine. And the dentist said, well, you do know that we do that, don't you? And she said, no, I had no idea. Yeah. So the dentist knows that, she, that he does that, but the yeah. client doesn't. So there's yeah. this ignorance, if you like, these blind spots. The client doesn't know what to ask for. The client, the, the accountant often doesn't know what to offer. So what they want, what they need, really important conversations here. Absolutely. And I, I, I see that all the time. And, and again, I, I always talk from my experience. And, and we've been in a place where I know every accountant will be where you lose a really good client. And they say to you, I'm going to a bigger firm because they're going to do X for me. Right. And then you kick yourself because it's like, well, we could have done that for you. But, <laughs> but the point that it's on our website is irrelevant because if you think about once, once you're a client of an organization, generally, if you go to the website, the only reason you go to the website is to find a phone number mm. um, or find a contact or whatever. You're not going there to look for a service because there's almost an expectation that I'm, I'm engaged with this this provider. So the likelihood is if there's things that they can do for me, they're going to tell me. And and I've been as guilty as everyone that, that we often don't have that conversation because we get so focused on delivering the things that the client is already paying us to deliver that we don't stop and think about well, what else could we be doing? And we don't we don't help our team understand. And actually, we, you and I have talked before in one of these sessions around kind of things like power of purpose. And, and this is where if you get real clarity around purpose and everybody really understands that and you know what it is you're trying to do, it should go somewhere towards changing the mindset and the way people think about the engagement they have with clients so that we're much more open and aware to, to these opportunities that, that, that might land. But again, if we if we have that belief that we're here to make a fundamental difference to, to our clients' lives and we're going to use every opportunity to look at ways we can do that, that's the driver rather than thinking, is there an opportunity for us to sell some more stuff here? Mm. Um, and it's not about selling stuff. It's about delivering 
on what you say you're going to deliver to the client if that's a better life a more profitable business or whatever focus on on that rather than hey is there some more stuff we can sell so this is the best practice in accounting show will and we showcase what works mm. in the trenchy stuff so what are the closing messages to the accountants listening in in terms of what they could practically do or say to meet these client demands and those hidden blind spots that the clients perhaps doesn't even know that exists or that they might need or might help. Them. Yeah. One of the things that, that I, I'm spending a lot of time talking to my team about at the moment is, is every accountant has to go for a KYC process and know, you know, your customer. And so often that, that KYC is a, is a compliance tick box exercise. And actually, if we look to the wealth managers, the IFAs, the, the, the investment people that, that actually do KYC really well, what they're doing with their KYC is actually asking the probing questions in terms of what are you trying to achieve? Where do you, what, what do you need for retirement? And these, this is the opportunity that we have as accountants. We have to do KYC. So every time we take on a new client, we have to go through the AML and everything else, but it's a prime opportunity to ask those probing questions, really get to understand what clients are, are looking for and capturing that information and using it as an opportunity rather than, again, as we talked about in a previous show around kind of MTD, using, using the fact that we've got to do this because HMRC say we've got to, rather than using KYC as we've got to do this because our professional body says we've got to do AML, we've got to risk profile our clients, use it as an opportunity to really understand what our clients are trying to achieve and think about how we can use that information to support them on their, on their journey. So I think going through that exercise and and actually having those conversations look to build regular touch points into the relationships you have with clients look at building services that enable you to talk to a client on a regular basis because all of this stuff as we said right at the beginning is about relationship so when i talk about advisory and, and i talk to my team about advisory i say that our firm will be doing advisory and every client we've got picks up the phone and asks every question they've got. And the way we do that is we have great relationships. And the way you build great relationships is you talk to people on a regular basis. So that's the key to this, because if we don't have those conversations, we'll never get the opportunity to talk to our clients about the things we can do to meet their need rather than their demand. And that's the key point. And we've got an international show here. So just clarify a few points. Uh, MTD, Making Tax Digital, Yep. Uh, HMRC in the UK, Her Majesty's Revenue, Revenue and Customs with the IRS in the, U in the US. Uh, AML? Uh, Anti-money laundering. Got it. We've got that. So it's nice to be on point. And uh, just to finish, Will, the human firms coming out soon. Yes. What will people get from that book when they read it? Um, it's an extension to, to the previous book, which was around a digital firm, how, how firms can utilize technology to remain competitive in a ever increasingly competitive marketplace and the human firm is is the follow-on from this and it's almost a case of you can't be a human firm if you're not already a digital firm so there's an element of recap in terms of look this is what we said five years ago this is what we're saying now this is what's changed this is what's moved but it's really thinking about your firm in two halves in terms of what you do for a client what you do for your people internally because if we accept that that human is the answer technology is simply an enabler uh, the AI, um, uh, RPA, all of all of this technology stuff that's going on is a long way off of placing human empathy, human intelligence. And that's what's going to set us apart. So thinking about how do we make sure that our team understand what it is we're trying to do as a business, 
enhancing those client experience to make sure that you can remain competitive for the the, the next five years before we think about whatever follows the human firm. Yeah, the human firm by Will Farnell. We look forward to it. Thanks so much again, Will, for your time and your insights on the Best Practice in Accounting Show. Thank you. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work, and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by DEX. Thank you.